Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Okay, no music at the top this time. Uh, this is not going to be heavily produced. It is about 1.15 a.m. now on Friday morning. Alphonse Sidney and I, Ethan Skolnick, are here at American Airlines Arena. Pat Riley just finished about a 30-minute press conference, his usual end-of-the-draft presser. A little bit unusual this time. We're not going to have much on this except just Alf and I talking about what Riley spoke about. If you want to hear more about Tyler Harrow, the first-round pick of the Miami Heat, um, and some of our thoughts on that, check out the other podcast that we put out a little bit earlier tonight. Also, just mentioning this, that this is sort of a, a not so much a testing ground because we're definitely doing it, but we're converting this flagship podcast into a Miami Heat NBA podcast uh, that will be called Five on the Floor. And I gave a description of that and why we chose that name on the earlier podcast. So check that out and you'll get all of that and find out what Alf and I are going to be doing going forward. But let's just get right to it. Pat Riley spoke for almost 30 minutes, Alf. Um, As usual, covered a lot of stuff that didn't have anything to do specifically with the draft. He was pressed on a lot of the veteran players, some of the returning young players. Uh, One thing to make clear, he cannot talk about the other player that they're going to actually be keeping out of the second round, okay? He he couldn't speak on any of the trades. He can't speak on any of the trades. It's a stupid NBA rule um, that the Heat think is a stupid NBA rule, but basically he can't speak on any of it until the moratorium is over, which is July 6th. Um, You may realize that Vegas Summer League starts July 5th, which means you can't talk about a player. I guess you can't use a player. Um, but what do we know about the second-round pick before we get to some of Riley's comments? Um, they traded three second-round picks for Casey Aspala. Mm. Uh, I think about 6'9", uh, small forward slash power forward out of Stanford. Grew 10 inches in high school. Yeah, so very raw. Uh, has perimeter skill, but a big man's body. Um, from what I've seen of him, he's not afraid to put his head down and get to the basket. Um, he seems to have a good, uh, good, quick first step. Uh, he shot about 36% from three, which is, for a guy his size, is pretty encouraging. 67% from the free throw line. He got there a lot. Um, that needs to improve. Uh, 46% from the field, I, I believe. Um, he looks like he has a nice touch around the basket. It looks like he has a little bit of that Justice Winslow where he can just put his head down and get to the basket whenever he wants. Um, but, like, uh, the biggest thing on him is that he's raw. Very, very raw. So it's a high upside pick, unlike Harrow, um, where Harrow was a much safer pick. But you you can see if the Heat traded three first round picks and moved to pick thirty two, three second round picks, three second round. Don't scare people. Sorry, sorry, three second round picks (laughs) and moved up to pick thirty two. They really like this kid. They must like him a lot. And Jay Billis called him a first round talent. Mm -hmm. So. 
when you look at all that um, together, it's it's like, a lot of people are excited about the pick. Well, uh, it's the kind of pick we kind of wanted them to make in the first round, right? Uh, yeah. So the high upside pick, raw player. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But let's let's say you really like this kid. Mm. It makes sense why you wouldn't go for second. Right. No, and, and, and that makes sense. And, and look, um, obviously people are going to talk about Bull Bull. Um, Pat couldn't talk about him either because it's a second-round pick situation, but obviously they're not keeping him. They're trading him to Denver. I remarked on Twitter on Five Reasons Sports that that one minute uh, that he was wearing the Heat hat is always going to be remembered if he turns into a real player. Uh, but look, he's not going to be here, so there's not really a lot of need for conversation about that. I want to get, um, while we're here, to some of Riley's comments. I'm just going to try to blitz through it off the top of my head. So again, this is not going to be the most polished podcast that we've ever done. Uh, Riley addressed a, a lot of stuff. Uh, let's start with some of the veteran players that are coming back. He basically called the Hassan Whiteside talk as far as Hassan uh, Hassan demanding a trade or wanting a trade. He basically called it BS, essentially. He said there's nothing there. He's he nothing there. He repeated it uh, two or three times. That there's nothing there. He said he read a blurb about it. Um, he said, but there's nothing there. He expects Hassan to opt in, um, and he said Hassan's going to come in and compete in uh, training camp. Right. Okay. And, and also in the in the context, of, and again with Hassan Whiteside, I know obviously, you know, there's an issue there because you want Bam Adebayo to get as many minutes as he can, and also Kelly Olynyk. And this is kind of the situation that just hasn't gone away. If Pat can trade Hassan, he will, but <laughs> this is the way he needs to address it. The other thing he said that I think is going to irritate Heat fans the most, there are a lot of things in there, I think, that irritate some Heat fans because Heat fans are on edge right now. I've never really seen anything like this during yeah. the whole Pat Riley era. Like, they're, the, the responses to my tweets, which were pretty down the middle for the most part tonight, okay, I was a little surprised by the first-round pick, but pretty down the middle and yet the responses are basically, you know, tell Pat to quit, which is not something. I've covered this team, you know, since 96. That's not something I've ever heard. So the, the Heat fans need to sort of be soothed at this point. Uh, the thing I think that's going to bother the most of most of them, other than him comparing the competitiveness to Tyler Johnson, although that's a good trait that Tyler has, <laughs> that Tyler Harrow has this trait, people were kind of already sort of freaked out about some of the similarities there. But the biggest thing is going to be, Pat saying that Goran Dragic is a starting point guard. And and I look, that's no disrespect to Goran, who is a starting point guard in the NBA. Like, there's no question. He is a starting point guard in terms of his ability, in terms of his pedigree and all that. But most of the Heat fans want Justice Winslow to start. And Pat actually addressed that directly. He said, I know you all have him penciled in. Yeah, exactly. Justice is the starting point guard. So Pat hears the chatter. Um, here's my thing thought on this. Uh, look, Dragic opted in. It's the last year of his deal. It's a valuable contract at this point. Jaboran's a valuable player who is now on a, a very friendly deal. And I think Pat has to continue to talk it up until they get to training camp and then figure out the pieces. I thought Goran played very well off the bench last year. He did. And I think he can play the Dwayne Wade role but even, off the bench and play both spots. Even Pat acknowledged that Goran came back strong from the injury mm -hmm. and kind of trailed off towards the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So... I think when he came out, he said, uh, Goran is our starting point guard. I think you just, I think it's almost something that you say out of respect for a veteran player, right? Mm -hmm. But, he, but to, to even mention that Justice Winslow is the starting point guard in the eyes of the media and fans right. is something that you almost don't expect him to do unless he's, it almost felt like a wink, wink, okay, guys, I understand what, what you I've do. heard it. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it. We know it's, we know it's a thing, but... You know, in our eyes, out of respect for a veteran, Goran's a starting point guard. But he also went 
at length to say that nothing is guaranteed for anybody mm-hmm. in training camp, that it's going to be a competition. Um, so it kind of was a shot across the bow of the veterans on this team that, listen, I don't care if JJ, if you're healthy, Dion, if you're healthy, Goran, if you're healthy, you're going to compete in training camp with these young guys. And he did make a point to talk about the young guys and how important they are to this team. He said, we're getting younger, finally. Right. right? Which is what he knows, but he's also talking to a group of media members, some of whom, you know, four or five of us have been around for about 20 years, who have been asking this organization to get younger forever. But he also said that he wants to accentuate the youth and length. Right. Which was something I I was glad to hear. Well, okay, so let's, we're going to get back to the veterans in a second. The four young players, he keeps grouping them together and he keeps including Derek Jones Jr. as one of them. And he included Kelly in that. He's thrown Kelly in there and at times he's thrown Maiton in there, but he's primarily focused on the four and obviously these are the guys that they value the most. He didn't get to a ton of specifics. He talked about adding. Obviously, look, you know, the second round pick they're adding is going to be part of this too. But in terms of the first round pick tonight, you know, I asked about complementing the abilities of the other players, and he basically said, look, he's a sticker. He's a shooter. We think he's more than that. One of the things he said about Tyler Harrow tonight was he said it was the best shooting workout he'd seen. That was, and he made his last 25 shots. Now, Pat can exaggerate some of that well, stuff. That, but, what, was, what was impressive was he was saying that that he'd have this shooting drill mm-hmm. and that Tyler Harrell performed better than anyone they've ever right. clocked in this drill. Right. They like, had some pretty decent shooters here. Yeah, I mean... Ma- 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 our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Jim Miller, JJ, Ray Allen, Ray Ellington. Yeah, come on. Uh, they've had some pretty decent shooters here. Go, go all the way back to Dan Marley and Deshaun so, Leonard. So when you talk, when we talk about him having a thirty-six percent, thirty-five percent from the three in college. See, I see. We talked about it on the previous podcast. I look past that. To me, the three-point shooting in college is largely dependent on system, on, on the way that you write things. And he's going to get different kinds of looks here. That doesn't – look, if they think he can shoot, Alf, well, that, that's he can saying. shoot. That's what I'm saying. The clarity that came through on, from this press conference is that they drafted a shooter. Right. That they, they brought in who a guy fills a need, who which, fills a which need. Which you and I were kind of – we weren't feeling so good about that approach. Yes. But a shooter who fills a need. What I would be curious about is sometimes he talks about – he didn't do this tonight – he was tired. The first thing he did when he came in was talk about the five-hour draft, which I was complaining about, too. It's not just because he's 70-something years old. I'm 46. I was exhausted. I'm You're exhausted. I'm 30. You're I can't keep my eyes Shandell was falling asleep <laughs> in his laptop and just told me he's transcribing everything tomorrow. Look, 
it, it, it's, it went too damn long. The NBA needs to fix that. But, but he, he didn't really get into this, but a lot of times he'll talk about sort of trying to get up to get a player. He didn't talk about any of that tonight. I don't know who they liked besides him, but he did mention, and Pat has done this some lately, where he'll sort of talk about the other guys in the room and how they felt about the player. Part of it is giving them credit, which is something he's wanted to do, and part of it is also, hey, it wasn't just me. Yeah. Okay? All right? Chet loved him. Yeah. Adam loved him. He didn't mention Nick, but Spo loved him. Okay? I think he might have mentioned Shane. Okay? So I think that the idea here, again, is they found a shooter. They think he fills a need. He also said something we've said on a couple podcasts that they, they, they've run out of two guards. Like they only have two left. Mm-hmm. And one of those he talked about tonight. So he kind of switches off now with Deion Waiters between defending him from the horrible media <laughs> and then – Criticizing him in in certain ways. It's my funny. favorite part of the part of the press conference was Barry asked a question about Dion's conditioning, and the first thing Pat says, "You guys are ruthless." When you guys talk about a player's health and conditioning and physical nature and and the, the shape he's in, and Dion deserves it. <laughs> it was it was his. You guys are ruthless. It's terrible what you're doing, but yeah, Dion deserves it. That was a funny. That was what, the best what, part of well, the conversation. Well, it was, and, and and he talked about it being the worst ankle surgery he'd ever seen, and all that, and that his conditioning was not as bad as you think it was. But yet he and Spo have both made the point publicly that he needs to get in better shape. He's kind of said the same thing about JJ, even while saying that it wasn't just a hernia that he had. And in both cases, he says we know what we need from them. They need to get in the best shape of their life. So they're not denying that there's a shape issue there. Yeah, and it's, that, it's, but you know, it's one of those things where you know I can talk about my guy you can't talk about right, my guy right 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 so he's defending he doesn't want he doesn't want certain things you say on light skin opinions that if i said them, <laughs> exactly. i get a lot of trouble so exactly. so and i'm not going to say them tonight <laughs> uh, i can guarantee as punch drunk as i am uh so that's that one i want to get to a couple of of sort of uh, other things here. He talked about Udonis Haslam, said the door's open to him to decide what he wants to do, that he could do it in a playing capacity, he could do it in a... But he, he still wants to mentor, can do it as a player, can do it as a coach. Uh, he thinks he'd be a great coach, but UD is too busy buying up pizza franchises. <laughs> I was just at UD's Subway at Oakwood Plaza the other day, so I know he's got them all over the place. Um, I, I think UD's probably going to decide not to play, but I don't have any inside information on that. That's just my sense of, of where this goes, and I think they may need the roster spot to develop some young players now, yeah. if that's the direction uh, that they're going. Just trying to go through the rest of the roster as quickly as I can. Um, didn't really, again, didn't address Josh all that much. Uh, but I, I think the, the other thing that struck me, you mentioned how Pat kind of said one thing and then said the opposite when it came. Well, he kind of did that with free agency again. He came out and said... There are no op- there are no obstacles, but there are a lot of obstacles, yeah, right? In, no the, ob- in the exact same sentence. Then he said he's not going for whales anymore. He's going for orcas. Right, he's going for orcas. But uh, he has his harpoon. He out. has his harpoon. Out. And then one of the things he said at the end of the pressure, which really interested me, I don't know if everyone caught it, he said that we're going to compete in training camp, and the way the perimeter is set up is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Basically, we're gonna. Add, he said we're gonna add some guys that are gonna change the look. Well, of the perimeter. but I don't, I don't know, know if, if he meant free agencies or the two guys they picked yeah, up today. Yeah, I don't today. know if they're talking about Tyler. You know, that was just interesting to me the way he said that. Well, they need bodies right now. I mean, that, that's the thing. They lost a lot of bodies, and uh, you know, this is. I mean, they're kind of in a weird spot now because last year the thing was, well, we don't have stars, but we got a lot of depth, and this year they don't have stars. But Pat's talking about how the four young players keep getting better every year. And but they, now they definitely don't have depth. I mean, they. I mean, if if you're not counting on, if you can't count on Dion and JJ to give you significant minutes, I mean, this team and you don't have Dwayne anymore. You don't have Ellington. You don't have Magruder. You don't have Tyler. 
this is like an eight-man team. I mean, I, and so in terms of what you can count on, I don't know what Yante Maton's going to be. I don't know what Duncan Robinson's going to be. And maybe, you know, with the Heat's development record, that is the one thing of late that we should give them absolute. I mean, we talk about they've been critical in the draft. They've been great at development. So I think they can find rotation players, but it just feels – I still feel coming out of this thing that he's still – he didn't say any of this. He can't. He's not allowed to. And he hates the rules, okay? And I hate a lot of the rules. The rules are stupid, okay? They're just stupid. I mean, this idea that you can't talk about the kid you picked up tonight until July 6th when you're traveling out to Vegas on July 4th. Ridiculous. And you got Sacramento before that, I believe, right? So you can't even get the Sacramento Summer League. You can't even talk about him. It's totally stupid. But I still feel, coming out of this, okay, and I'll try to put up some content in the morning provided I can charge my, my laptop, uh, is that he's still waiting on a Jimmy Butler to say he wants to get to Miami. Like, like, that is what this organization needs right now. They need a player to say, that's the place I'm going. And also, you look at Philadelphia tonight. Some of the things that they've been doing, you get the sense. And now there's a, you know, Woe's reporter that Kawhi is going to meet with Philly. I think it's very possible. Like, could Philly make a play for Kawhi as their third and just let Tobias and Jimmy Butler walk? And Jimmy put four choice of force his way down here. There's a lot of different ways that this can happen. He's right in that you can make something happen. And it's going to be the same way as it's always been. It's been like, all right, maybe I effed up a little bit. Andy, fix it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they'll try to figure out a way to fix it. But I guess my takeaways tonight, okay, for the most part, and we'll, we'll, we'll have sort of brighter eyes tomorrow, you know, we'll figure this out a little better. But my takeaway tonight is, you know, that Pat recognizes that the fan base is antsy. Yeah. And, and, and he said some things tonight that are going to trigger the fan base even more, especially if they're not in context, which is difficult to do in tweets. It's easier for you and I to do it here in 15 minutes sitting in some locker room than it is for us to do it in you know, a tweet thread. And, and that drives him crazy too. And so what I'm going to say is, look, until we see Tyler Harrow play, all right, we need to withhold judgment on it. I, I think you know, that – I have a little issue with the philosophy of trying to plug a need, but I understand if you're going to plug a need, getting a shooter in the modern NBA makes sense, and getting one for the guy who I think is going to be his point guard ultimately in Justice Winslow, regardless of what he's saying, makes perfect sense, and you you add him there. So I I can see sort of some of the logic in that. If you're looking at an elite three-point shooter, Mm -hmm. right, that makes sense. Right, you know, when you look around the league at elite three point shooters, well, he compared him. He compared him to Kyle Korver. He compared Kyle Korver, Ray Allen, and JJ Redick. Yep, I know. We're actually going to comment on this time because we had we had one interruption in the last podcast, and it's not his fault. There's a bathroom in here that's pretty close, and Barry Jackson has now come in twice during our podcast during the bathroom. Just, I think he's spying on us. He, he, well, there are twelve Barrys. The <laughs> other the other ones are out at Marlins and and, uh, and Dolphins right now because we love Barry. But anyway, all right, we're going to close there. You and I need to go home. It's one yeah. thirty in the morning. Ira's asking me to transcribe stuff. Chandel's falling asleep at his computer. It's been I fun. gotta go to work in the morning. You gotta go to work. You have a real job. I don't. <laughs> and so uh, we'll have more heat podcasts next week, uh, leading up to free agency. And sorry about the no music. Sorry about the no production. It is what it is. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.